I, I guess I would have a counterpoint to that. I feel like the trio, at least as a lot of people talk about it, is really focused on the discovery phase. Uh, phase is, I don't like the word phase because it should happen all the time. And so, yeah, there should always be that collaboration happening. But, <clears throat> but in particular, the trio is valuable at discovery and f figuring out what the customers, you know, working with the customer, finding out what they're interested in, what their problems are, understanding that. But then I, I definitely feel that there's lots of times when we aren't all working together, right? Product is going to go take some of that discovery information and turn it into a, into a, a PRD, let's say, not really a PRD, but, you know, write some stuff down, do some more discovery. Design is going to be working on other things. Dev is going to be actually writing code, which I'm not involved in the writing code. And that's 10 times as much work. And there's 10 times as many people doing it as there is product managers. This is my view. Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello everybody, Grant Hunter here with another Product Growth Leaders topic of the week. Steve, I mean, for the longest time, you and I, and, and actually have some other people on this call have been talking about this concept of the product management triad, right? Product strategy, product planning, or technical product management and product growth or product marketing, right? Yet mm -hmm. over the past decade or so, another trio has come into play in the, with the term of product. And that's sort of the product trio brought to people by like Teresa Torres, Melissa Perry, uh, Silicon Valley Product Group, where we're talking about how do we collaborate across the core product functions, product management, product design, product development. Where did you see this shift from within product management to sort of across product uh, start happening? I think it probably happened with Scrum. That when Scrum defined the product owner role as a substitute or a, a supplement to product manager, then the product owner became the third part of that triad. And of course, we've also had this problem for decades of uh, if we don't hire a designer, then we ask the developer or the product manager to do it. So the, the, the good part of the idea of the product trio is that the designer, uh, it has a critical role to play. I, I, incredibly critical. And, I, and as we've talked about in other calls, I, I think underinvested in, uh, even more so than product management is underinvested in. Agreed. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll call out David Meese. David Meese, uh, when we were talking about the product management triad, brought up the trio and we decided this, that would be a good back-to-back session. So the, this week, we wanted to talk about the product trio. And on Monday, uh, I put this question in the community. What are the keys to successful collaboration across the product trio? Again, product management, product design, and product development. Uh, Dominic, you came out with a term that I still think is being debated as if people like it or not. You said a clear racy with roles and responsibilities and trust. And to some people, it seems like racy is a bad word. Is it? 
I yeah, think I, mean, I, I think what I've seen is there's some people who say just having a racy isn't good enough. You have to live it and embody it. And if you have truly empowered teams that collaborate, you don't need a racy. But I would in my head say, well, if you have truly empowered teams who know how to collaborate, they actually have an implied racy and they don't need to define it. So and 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 here's a challenge that I, from, from experience, right? Um, we've built uh, racy uh, within organizations and. The, the biggest challenge that we have is each function has its own racy. I'm like, hey, it's good, right? But no one is actually looking at the relationship between the various racy metrics, right? And obviously it doesn't work. So as product managers, we are looking at holistically the various you know, races and making sure that we are all aligned and then we can build trust on this you know, over, overarching racy, right? Because I, I don't believe in a one set for all racy within a function because it's just inwards looking and it doesn't connect the dots on the outside of the organization. So racy to the X, the X being however three, if it's a trio, whoever else, we need to bring all, all these things together and, and, and make sure we understand. So it's almost even, even past the trio. The trio is us coming together as a trio to understand each is racy so we can make sure that for each initiative, the right people are doing the right things. Is that sort of what you're yep. saying? Awesome. Calvin, but let you me actually- amplify what he said just, just briefly. Um, I, I think he makes a really good point that if uh, when, when development created, when, when engineers created the product owner role, they said, here's a whole bunch of things other people should be doing. And the other people didn't know about it, right? <laughs> so as a result, you know, the product manager suddenly has this list of everything no one else wants to do that's been assigned by other people. And I talked to somebody early on who was implementing uh, uh, Agile, and they said, uh, development just told us we need one product owner per team. We have 14 product managers now, but we have 50 development teams. So basically development has just told us we have to hire 35 more people. All to be serving them 24 seven and not talking to the market. Correct. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, allows listen, you listening, from to, listening to the market. Correct. Yeah, the challenge with that, right? It's not a one-to-one. -one. It's about capacity and skills. And the problem I have with RACI is it really focuses on tactical execution and engagement, then ultimately setting the right goals and priorities to consume capacity that generates the business, yep. right? that, that appropriately supports the business is a, a good way to say it. And then you know, I'm doing some org design right now. Uh, we're gonna close the transaction, it looks like next week. And I need to figure out kind of who fits where. And so I'm going through a process that I call rah-rah, which is, you know, who's- Roles, uh, accountability, and how high are you? No, no, just roles and accountabilities. And, you know, <laughs> capital A, R-A, and then little R-A-H is how I'm pitching it. But really, it's what's the work. Yeah. We're going to throw all the tasks and on the wall. We're going to say who's accountable for it. And I'm going to go into a third step. Uh, beyond responsible and accountable, do you like doing it? Yeah. Right, because this that's is my opportunity to give folks the role they need to succeed in the direction of confidence and credibility as we integrate teams and cultures. 
And if I had gone to the um, almost, and I'm sorry, Dominique, uh, the, the draconian application in without context of uh, you know a racy project, everyone would have saw it. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they'll see it as heavy-handed, big company. When really, I want to be inclusive and encouraging and integrating. And so, racy is once you've already formed. And, and have a, a, a team that's ready for scale until they gel as a team, you know, doing the C in the I is, is trivia and in some ways annoying. No, um, I, I, I get that. And actually, John, you just, this is where my mind works and maybe it was because it was 420 yesterday, but Racy is Nanny McPhee. When you don't need me, when you need me, but don't want me, I'll be there when you, don't want me, but you need me. You need a racy. You're dysfunctional. We should have a racy because we don't have it. You don't want you know, it. We do it. But when you want me, but no longer need me, you have that empowerment of clear roles. You don't need me. Then I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I like I've what, watched too I mean, many kids movies. Steve threw in. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, but Steve threw in the storm form norm or whatever. Is that what you did, Steve? In the yeah. in the in the chat. <laughs> And that makes sense to me, um, but um, I see racy in some businesses, especially when you start breaking out project management and BAs and like, it becomes a tool to point fingers <laughs> and assign blame than truly collaborate, communicate, and, and inform. It becomes a cudgel, yeah. not an implementation approach. No, and, I, uh, I, I, I get that completely. Uh, you know, we probably could do a whole week on racing. We actually, I think, have. We called it rolling. I don't know. I think I just racing. heard Calvin soul. I just saw Calvin's <laughs> eyes roll. Well, I was, I was like, actually. Oh, my God. I was going to go to him because Calvin, in responding to Brian Weber's communication answer, said, yes, in clear delineation of roles and responsibilities. You know, yeah, what I, do you, I, I want you to get your be able to get your word in, Calvin. Yeah, I, I take a different view uh, of John in that, in that, um, you know, what I, you know, my, my experience is that you have, you know, a lot of people with strong opinions, but not enough knowledge. And so, you, you know, in the, you know, you know, people that are, you know, maybe they're, you know, positions of power, are politically connected, whatever, steering the boat, and really not having enough, enough insight or enough knowledge. And, and I mean, I get frustrated. I've gotten frustrated when, you know, people are, you know, that just need to be informed. Here's what's going on. What about this? What about this? Um, and I'll go back to something, um, you know, Steve said, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago. He's like, it's, you know, it, it's anything's easy if you don't have to do anything, if you don't have any responsibility. And I think a lot of times, you know, you get input from people that want to be heard, don't have any responsibility. And that just takes you way off track. Yeah, I I, I get that. Uh, well, I want to sort of pull it back in. We've done a little deep dive on racy and role and responsibility. And I think it's key and critical. And maybe it's not a full racy at 37 activities. Maybe it's just sort of an understanding of accountability to outcomes, right? What, it, what, it, what do we need from each other uh, that we can go there? Nils Davis, Nils. You're, you're giving May a challenge with, with a, your, your nice list and essay uh, you started for us. So talk to me about 
the things you were thinking about, uh, you, you posted some in the community, some on LinkedIn. Yep. So, well, for one thing, it was a very, <laughs> I realized, oh, I posted eight things on my list, which is like very completist of me. Um, but I, but I started, I started from the thing that I, I feel like is the most, it's sort of a basic and it, a basic thing. And it's, it's interesting to contrast it to the racy in some ways, which is that just as human beings, we have to, we have to tr strive in that group of people, all of whom are very opinionated, even though it's only three people to be nice to one another. Don't step on each other's toes. Don't try to do the thing that the other person is the expert in and expect that your toes are going to be stepped on. Right. Um, and don't react badly to that. So that, that was sort of the, one of the main things. And then the other big message of my list of eight things, which we can, we can, uh, we can maybe shorten to be, be nice and don't be a dick. And you are still the leader as the product person, right? They're going to look yep. for you to be the leader. If, if the outcome of the discovery, for example, that you're doing is bad, it's not their fault. It's your fault. You know, um, mm -hmm. as a product leader, you have, that is really your role in this is that that you are the leader and it's your job to get a good outcome it's your job to make sure that we're doing the right they're doing the right thing we're That's focused right. on the right thing and it's your job to empower them with the context on the personas and the problems and the value to enable them to do their job the best that that is right that is right and i you know i, I also going back to the the question that you started with asking steve you know where did this come from well i you know i feel like i've always known for 25 years of being a product manager and even before that that we that we've known that having design and dev talking to the customer hearing what the customer has to say is beneficial right yep. because they always have perspectives that we don't have as product people um they might ask questions that we won't ask they certainly you know can start to think about solutions even though discovery is not the time to do solutions but they might be thinking about oh well if I went down this path for a solution, it might have these implications. Let me ask about those. Or if I went down this path, it would have a different implication. It gives them the time to ruminate on it, right? To start thinking that, about it in a way that's going to make it easier for them when it's time to do it. That's right. And then I think the other really important thing is the empathy part, right? Hearing from the customer about the pain that they're suffering gives them empathy and helps them create a better solution. I, 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 I always feel that. So... I'm going to date myself. When I was getting my MBA, we had a, a guest executive, uh, you know, adjunct or whatever, who ran the AS400 program, turned it around when they went from nothing to be a Malcolm Baldridge quality award. Mm -hmm. and this is in the 80s, right? And he said the biggest thing they did, he went, Gerstner asked him to take it over. He said, I'm only taking it over if the engineers can go do on-sites with customers to understand, right? So he said the critical thing for them to turn around their quality, their process was getting the engineers out of the building and out, and out to the customers so they could see. And I think that empathy mm -hmm. for the engineers, especially in something like that, right, uh, is critical. Uh, the other thing that it made me think about is when it's humility in the team, right? Whenever you have a team that works together, I had a team uh, right out of grad school where every single person on that team thought we were the worst person. We, we thought we, each of us thought we were the leak, weakest link. We had so much respect for each other. If you can find a trio where that can, you can build that type of relationship that, mm -hmm. that to me, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. Nils, thank you for uh, the great list. And, uh,
you know, good to have you on here uh, again. Nice to be here. David. I've never been on a team like that. In my teams, it's always, I'm doing a great job. It's just those other jerks who aren't doing their job. <laughs> and I have a feeling they're saying the same thing about me when I'm not listening. What, but well, that, that, that you, actually- Everybody else's job is easy. Yours is right. the hard one. Steve, Steve, that explains us though, because I think that I'm the weak link and you're the star. And let's and continue think to think that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, David Meese, you talked about a shared understanding of some significant degree. Talk to me about where your head is. I think it's that empathy thing that we we're hitting on here, whether it's the engineers or the design uh, component of the team, we need to know a holistic idea of what we're doing here. You know, what are the problems? What are the pains? How can we step into the shoes of the people that we're solving for and building for? Um, and if you can't, you know, I, I've been in a situation like that recently. Um, and it, it's a situation where the design person needed to, you know, if you don't have design and you go right to engineers, engineers are the ones that have to have that shared understanding. Because as the product person, you need to say, these are the opportunities, these are the problems that we're trying to solve. And we need you to help do the solutioning, as you pointed out, Steve, in your, your recent uh, article. Um, and uh, in this case, it, it's it flew through it flows through design first and it was such a bottleneck and when you don't have that shared understanding you can't get to okay now the engineers know what to build and prototype so we can test it out here i i think and i've said this before on this call and to what nils was talking about and what you just said there david there's the double diamond design process that people talk about a lot and the problem is the di the diamonds touch at the points right like mm -hmm. one diamond is done and the next one starts but really they need to overlap right yeah. we need we need to bring the designers and developers upstream into the discovery uh and we as product management need to stay around a little further to make sure that if there's questions or pivots or whatever we're there to help provide the context needed for that i think that yeah and you know there's something interesting last week i think you pointed out steve that i noticed that a lot of times product in a lot of organizations is divorced from business for some reason now and that seems to be the modern trend <clears throat> and even when product isn't though, there also needs to be that understanding of what the business case is here. Um, because you could go off and find solutions that don't serve the business case at all, you know? Yeah, no, and I think that's one thing that Steve and I definitely, you know, advocate for is this business and strategic role of product management, right? If, if we're, we're the ones looking out for business value and return in <laughs> that type of stuff and have to be doing it, uh, both in the helping I discover the right problems to solve and focusing on those, but then also understanding the business case when we can do that. May, much of how we want to work together is about power and structure. I mean, talk about a, uh, you know, way to open up this conversation. Talk to me about what you were thinking about. So a lot of the times when we talk about the trio, we're talking about the PM, probably the one or two designers on that group and then the dev team working to solve that thing. So this, this group of people working together, sometimes a representative from development is called the trio. Um, but how does the trio work together is another, how do you get to that point? Because you know a, a lot of this comes from uh, 
Teresa's Torres's work on on continuous delivery or discovery, um, and thinking through all of those things is it's it's really interesting to see how it could actually be applied because in order to get there you need ux leadership product leadership and engineering leadership at every level to agree to do this because it doesn't it you can say what you want you can say you know as a pm i want to do this and your group together wants to do this that's great and sometimes you can swing it but if you have a first line manager or a second line manager who disagrees with this then nothing's going to okay. work right so in order to change this you need cross organizational cross level alignment that this is the way we want to work this is the culture we want to establish within this organization it doesn't have to be you know every single you know, uh, or portfolio at IBM, right? But it's within this self-contained organization, this is how we want to work because we know this is effective, right? We know this is the best way to do this and we're committed to the change that it takes to make it work because that change is really expensive. In order to get from waterfall to this, you need to teach people how to work together and that's messy that takes time that takes time to build the team's trust together it takes time to learn how to do a retro um, and you got to give them that time and you have to budget for that time and so you know when your executives come to you and say why is this taking longer it's because well our uh, engineers are learning to talk to customers <laughs> yeah uh, but you're not delivering like where are my features like well they're talking to customers we're gonna build better features and in six months you're gonna see a 70 percent decrease in in production issues do you like that well yeah i want that now how, how do you how do you do that right so without leadership alignment at the top you can't push it if the leadership alignment at the bottom it won't sustain itself yeah, and I've been in situations where we had leadership, we had alignment within a pod or wherever a team, a trio, but it didn't go up. And so you could only get so far with that before you ran into issues, whether it's somebody having to report on something else. Uh, I think somewhere in the notes, somebody talked about misalignment, right? It, it, the hardest thing is that each of us probably have different, I think it's, it was in the poll. Uh, each of us have, if, if, if each of us has different uh compensation plans and what we're being bonused on, how do we get people aligned and working together? Uh, but I, it, and it made me think about our, our conversation on toxic bosses and toxic companies. All it takes is one in any, in, in one of those three, you know, streams, and then it can, it can mess the whole thing up for everybody. Um, I want to add that it's not about people being toxic. It's about, um, people who have always worked this way and you are introducing something new, right? Yeah. So this is what you know works. And all of a sudden people are like, let's change this. Um, it, it's very uncomfortable. You, you know, this works. So why are you changing it? Yeah. It, it's well, not it's, toxic. It's, it's the why. Yeah. It's the why, right? Why are you relevant? Why is the change relevant? And you, I don't know who said it, Grant, or you may, but I, I tell all my folks, get into the bonus. Understand yeah. what motivates your upline and tell your stories and share data. And, you know, I had a CEO once tell me, Gatrell, it's only math. 
and I'm not even sure it's math, it's arithmetic, it's plus minus, it's not even complex. If the math works and it helps me or my peers get their bonuses, then the answer is yes. But if you can't do the math, you can't make a commitment against the math. That's where it gets scary for lots of people, right? And it's scary because if I make a commit, then I've got a accountability. And so it's a lot easier to outsource the decision to somebody else, no matter how challenging, troublesome, no matter how it impacts lead time. And so if you can't motivate people with math and understand how they as individuals are motivated, change is nearly impossible. Uh, yes, and, and Corey put into the chat, we're at only the math. And I, I'm going to go on that. Yes, and that and maybe I'm going a different direction, Corey, you can let me know. The reality is if we don't have alignment at the leadership level, if we, sorry, if we have alignment at the leadership level, then we shouldn't have to worry about the math because our math should be the same as their math, right? Yes, two plus two should equal four along all the people that would add those numbers up. If different people are adding up different things and getting different results, by design, I might add, then you've, you've instituted a problem that you can't unwrap. And, and as Steve and I look at it, strategic alignment is the tip of the pyramid, right? If we don't have strategic alignment, and I know that Cutler has been having a lot of talk about alignment uh, lately, and, and, you know, I, I think he's even evolved even since he first put some stuff out there. But ideally, you need to be aligned on what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to succeed and how we're in what direction we're going in. I think there's even more levels of alignment that we can go after that. But I think that at a minimum, it's got to be that. I don't know. I've been thinking about what Corey said. And, and as a senior operations guy, a board member, investor, and, and a product guy, um, I'm going to do what I know works until the math and the commitment changes that. You know, I mean, I, you know, when I was a director, yeah, I did a lot of let's make sure our math ties out. Um, as a CPO, as a board member, you know, um, I'm looking at historical transactions. I'm looking at, uh, delivery velocity. And if you're going to change how we work, you're going to change how I manage things. Then you got to show me the math that says your way is better than mine. And I don't care how long it takes. It's a process. It is. You got to manage that change in the friction of that change. So it doesn't impair the expectations of the business. No, I, I see that completely. And it makes me think that I need to put a few, do a future topic of the week on change management because change management is such an important uh, topic for product management. Uh, we've done them on risk management. So uh, Steve, put that in the queue. Uh, <laughs> wow, Steve is a note taker for you, Grant? Wait, wait, who's the star and who's the- Yeah, no, uh, that was a joke. I was just kidding. It's in my queue already. <laughs> just having fun. writing it. <laughs> All right, Paul Hatala, your answer was lots of dittos. I, I starting all the way back where we started with uh, with Dominique. I it was one of those things where everyone I looked at, I was like, yes, but I kept wrestling. But he he did the the right thing and put trust at the end of it. Um, because we can argue about racy is that at a task level is that a what kind of questions are we answering level 
Uh, are we answering the questions uh, someone else mentioned about who, uh, I, I think it was maybe Calvin about steering the ship with people who don't even know where they're going. Um, so making sure the right people are answering the right questions. Uh, so at that level, I see yeah, racy and you got to trust each other. But after all this conversation, what I learned is you really only want to work on a team where everyone is smart, perceptive, and nice. <laughs> and uh, the, the rest of it just seemed like is that a purple squirrel? Is that a purple squirrel to do that? To always find teams where people are smart, nice, and perceptive? And uh, I had teams that were smart, nice, and perceptive. They just didn't execute. Well, that's not very nice. I mean, I mean, but, but at the end of the day, what really matters? Big ideas or big progress? Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then Good being answer. across the across the team versus across the the levels that's just wow. way, that's that's three other sessions i can't even i yeah. can't even begin to process that in one question no uh co completely and i you know i i, I like mills what you added on to john smart perceptive and nice but can execute right because it still comes to the outcomes and i and and i I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I'm assuming most of us have worked with people who were smart, perceptive, nice, <laughs> maybe had great ideas, but never were able to turn those ideas into action and make stuff happen or make decisions uh, with them. Uh, I, I think that's definitely something to think about. Corey, is this your shortest answer or did you, you had a one word answer once, didn't you? I think I did have a one word answer once, yes. So you said work together, space, yeah. space, 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 90% of the time. Next. I mean, come on. How many times have you seen a product manager that's working on something a year ahead of time, the designers working something six months ahead of time, and the engineers working on something that was a bug that blew up yesterday? That's not collaborating. That's not working together. That's working on different streams at different goals at different times. That's not a team that's not collaborating. So the answer is work together on the same thing, the exact same thing at the same time. You, there's different degrees of that, right? You see it, the, the, the product managers working on this thing that's a month ahead or the designers working two weeks ahead or the engineers, and they have meetings to collaborate about where they are on the schedule and all that's bullshit. Work together on the same thing at the same time. That's how you build a collaboration culture. That's how you solve this problem. I like it. And I, I, I guess I would have a counterpoint to that. I feel like the trio at least as a lot of people talk about it is really focused on the discovery phase uh, and phase is i don't like the word phase because it should happen all the time and so yeah there should always be that collaboration happening but <clears throat> but in particular the trio is valuable at discovery and figuring out what the customers you know working with the customer finding out what they're interested in what their problems are understanding that but then i i definitely feel that there's lots of times when we aren't all working together, right? Product is going to go take some of that discovery information and turn it into a into a, a PRD. Let's say not really a PRD, but you know, write some stuff down, do some more discovery. Design is going to be working on other things. Dev is going to be actually writing code, which I'm not involved in the writing code, and that's ten times as much work. And there's ten times as many people doing it as there is product managers. This is my view. And actually, Nils. <clears throat> I was questioning the 90% because I was thinking, what's the overlap, right? Is it a third, a third, a third, and a third of the time they should all be together? Or in a third of the time, design and development should be together, and a third of the time, we're off on our own. I, but I, I, I sort of see where you're going, but I, I, I liked Corey's point because 
even if we're working on different things, everybody should know what everybody's doing. The collaboration part is as much making sure that we're aligned on what, who's doing what and where it's bringing us to do that. May, you raised your hand. One of the questions we had, like, and it doesn't need to be answered now, I don't think it can be answered, is who from engineering is the engineering part of the trio? Because you can't have the entire pod there all the time. And it's usually one-to-one -to, -one to like five or six or 10 or whoever, whatever it might be. Um, and if you don't have engineering leads and they're busy being doing management, they can't it can't be that one person also doing discovery, right? So there, there are questions in terms of operationally, how do you do the trio? Um, and it's it, it's interesting. It's worth it's worth thinking about, um, especially within the context of our respective organizations. I completely agree, and and probably for to have that successful collaboration in each organization, you need to define who it is, and, and what role they play in that. Uh, and likewise we, for the other roles as well. If there's one designer for a hundred developers or one product right. manager working with six or seven teams, then you know there's there's not time to collaborate or or do any of the work that we really need to do. Yeah, completely. What what a great conversation. I'm gonna transition us to uh the poll because gosh, that conversation went for a while. Uh, on Wednesday, we asked, what is the hardest thing to get right across the product trio? Uh, a truly shared vision, uh, a collaboration of equals, clearly defined roles and responsibilities, and well, <laughs> maybe we've already spent too much time on that one, and shared knowledge of the market and problem. And, you know, right now it's a tie between a collaboration of equals and clearly defined roles and responsibility. But Corey and Dominic, you guys both came in with a truly shared vision. I want to start with you, Dominic, and then Corey, you would put some comments in as well. Sorry, I was looking for my mute button. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it all comes back to this um, sh shared vision, um, obviously. And, and I would say, you know, it, it goes back also to some of the discussion. Hey, let's work on the same thing at the same time. What Corey was mentioning uh, early on, right? I mean, there's the shared vision really high level, but then on the day to day, is let's work together on the same thing as Corey was mentioning. So I think those two ideas, Corey, if I, if I may, are kind of aligned, right? Yeah, the, to, to me, it's how are people working together? They will work together how they're incentivized. It's simple behavior. Uh, psychology, right? If, if you're incentivized to create and fix bugs, you will create and fix bugs. If you're incentivized to get this work done by this date, you will get that work done by that date, no matter what it looks like, how it works or anything else. So if you're, if the three people are incentivized to do different things in different ways, you're not going to share a vision. Your vision will be separate. You may have the same top level vision, as a corporation, but your day-to-day -day activities and how you work together, you will be going off in different, different. And the, out, the outcomes you're trying to accomplish would yes. be, and I've had this, and it's not just among, just amongst the trio, it's across the whole company, it's, it's with sales, right? If sales is, is, is compensated on, is commissioned on top line and you're bonused on bottom line, huge yeah. difference. The, it, it, the, the best case is you're working on different things. Yeah. The worst case is you're working at cross things where yeah. they're directly in conflict with each other. Yeah. That's that what I've seen case. sometimes. And there is no way to unravel that. 
I, I completely agree. And I, and I can it see- It just helps result the focus, right? I, and, yeah. and I will tell you, I, I voted for collaboration of equals, although shared vision was my, it was the two I was debating between. Uh, May and Paul, well, Paul, I'm gonna obviously have to start with you on a collaboration of equals because of your uh, different circus, different clowns comment. But, you know, I would like to get both of your takes on it. So I'll go ahead and jump in and uh, I, this is one of those ones where I have to narrow it down because otherwise I go with other, it depends and write a book. Um, and so just looking at the trio, because if I start looking within our organization or, or within our reactions with our organization, our parent company, it, it goes in all sorts of different directions. So I had to narrow it down to one of the three rings of the circus and just go with those clowns. And, uh, and within that, I think we have a really good uh, ability to to get on the same page uh, with my team, even with our our, our general management. Uh, um, we're we're still working on it a little bit, but uh, it, it's not very hard for us to talk about. Like I mentioned, about what problems are we solving? Like, hey, let me take that off your plate, but I need your help in these areas. And uh, and as long as it starts with our customers said, no one disagrees on what we're trying to solve or the problems, mm -hmm. but. In the in, in the triangle, the other trio that I look at is attitude, behavior, and technique. You get into racy, you're talking about techniques, um, and, and a lot of other things are dealing with behavior. But if you don't deal with that top of the triangle with the attitude of how do people perceive each other, like, hey, I understand what we're all supposed to do. I just don't think you can do it. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go down this path instead. Uh, if that attitude isn't dealt with, that uh, the collaboration of equals the rest of it just falls apart in my mind. No, I get it. And, and Steve, I think when we talk about there's no best practices, there's only, you know, we, we need to use the different circus, different clowns. Every company has a, is a different circus and has different clowns. That's why every company has different processes and needs and how they do it. That's Everyone else has a product zoo. I have a circus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, May, you also voted for collaboration of equals. Yes. In individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Um, so it's it's really thinking about how do we work together? And where it becomes even more challenging is the idea of titles, especially in a larger company. Um, because what does it mean to be an equal, right? So at the at the individual contributor level, you're working together as a small team to build the thing great. Next layer up, you might have a director of product, you might have a product lead, you might have a design manager, and you may have an, three engineering leads. That's the next layer. Do they see themselves as equals? Well, it depends, right? This is where egos come in. This is where like a lot of understanding of what the layers look like and being willing to define those layers to collaborate, to solve the problems for their teams. And then at the same time, the motivations are different, right? So I, and then, you know, at the very top, you've got people who are like, you might have a, a CTO and a VP of product and a director of design, and that might be your next layer. How do those people work together? Um, are they considered equals? Well, evidently not, but it, it, it's challenging to think about it because you need every layer to support the people 
who are supporting the people under them, right? Especially as you scale. So that those collaboration of equals is extremely difficult because you know every, at every layer you also want to empower the layer below you. But in order to do that and to scale, like processes and tools sounds extremely tempting. So I think it's very difficult, especially when you take into account scale. No, I I, I completely and totally agree. Uh, and it goes back to the conversation from earlier about these pipes. It only takes one level at one in one of those stovepipes to mess everything up. Calvin, you voted for clearly defined. You're the only one on the call who voted for clearly defined roles and responsibilities. I want to give you a chance to change your vote after we totally went all in on Racy uh, in the beginning. You, you, wait a minute, let me let me get this straight. You want to give me the opportunity to change my vote? <laughs> or defend it. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the latter, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the latter for 100 grand. Um, How about some margaritas from uh, <laughs> I Diablo, Pizzole, the, Imez, I would Cal? That, I would trade that for the $100. I'll, I'll okay. take door number two. <laughs> um, I guess, and I think with, with all of these questions, we look at them based on our, our own personal experience. And mine has been that there just tends to be an overlap such that people, let me be frank, people aren't staying in their lane. <laughs> people, it's like, if, if I'm responsible for X and you are a, you know, you are um, informed, then don't try and steer the boat. Yeah. So. And, and, I, and, and, and there is, especially because depending on the organization and depending on leadership, if they're design-centric, engineering-centric, or business-centric, you can see one of the trio easily getting, and I think this goes partly to May's point, each of the trio could be getting overweighted. You yeah. Know. You know, it's funny you 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 mentioned the um, you know the type of organization. I worked for you know one organization that's more technology bent, and you have you have the the you you have the engineers chiming in on pricing. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Yeah. No. no. You know, you know, it's like you know, you know, me trying to write you know write code. You know, as someone that's come up through the. Uh, through uh you know marketing and and direct marketing i've done yeah. that years past you don't want me coding you just don't so no i get that I, I, so clear roles and responsibility now we got a ha handful of people on the call who had not voted in the poll so i just want to quickly go through and see where those lie out john Gatrell, truly shared vision collaboration of equals clearly defined roles and responsibilities shared knowledge of the market and problems which is the hardest thing to get right in the trio um yeah, I think one of those is impossible, uh, but I think it's shared understanding, right? Uh, yeah. You know, understanding the market. Um, I know you positioned the trio. Uh, it really reminds me of a, a model called the author team. I think Steve taught me that years ago. Um, I think it was BMC or Peregrine or something that, that had that model and we adopted it. Uh, but the whole concept of shared equals, I mean, we all have inputs, but we don't have equal access, nor do we have an equal uh, opportunity to contribute. Yeah. Some roles in and of themselves are execution, right? And, and I'll, I'll give Calvin's example in a development organization. Why the heck should they be doing pricing <laughs> input? 
Yeah. Right. So, you know, one part of the company comes up with pricing strategy and packaging. Another one delivers that to market and execution model sales. Yeah. One part of the organization develops strategy against goals of the business. They take inputs. They understand complexities and dependencies from your peers in engineering. But that's about ordering and prioritizing rather than being uh, equal. If somebody, you know, somebody at some point has to make a decision, irrespective of what we call collaboration. And it's not a cast of thousands showing up for relief planning and doing lines and wonderful things every quarter. You know, if, if you don't have someone that can define and get buy-in on strategy and you don't have folks that understand that they truly don't own it, they can have an input, but they're not equal. And I think that's where you end up with uh, analysis paralysis. I think that's where you under end up with ongoing feature creep or scope creep, because while I was in there, I thought I would do this, or did we think about that? I love taking engineers to market, but I don't take them every time. Yeah. I take no, engineers I, to mark, but I take them to market when I get this. Cottrell, nobody's going to ever want to see that. And I go, okay, let's go talk to a customer that wants it. Yeah. I used it as a confidence and credibility building and trust builder, but someone's got to write code and test it. And that code yeah. needs to be designed and delivered in a way that actually meets the business requirements and where you have an overemphasis in equality rather than equity and delivering appropriate outcomes for the business, you end up in... Um, yeah, really pretty stuff that maybe nobody wants to buy or delivered late to market. So the windows disappeared. Um, now that could be the uh, internet, you know, investment banker in me. Yeah. Right. I'd rather see Excel um, than a Jira backlog. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't know anything about Jira. I don't care. Well, that also. I don't care about project or any of these yeah. other things. Monday. Yeah. You, know, you want the Excel what project? I want the business case. case. I just want to know if my people are we on schedule on time and on budget. Yeah. And if not, let's figure it out. Let's figure out where we're broke. And, uh, you know, I've seen integration of cultures that are more business focused and those that are more uh, culturally focused that they see their, I'm not saying culture isn't a strength, but you got to engineer the right culture to have it, you know, eat execution and strategy and all those other ones. I think we all embrace in, buzzwords and i mean i want inclusion i want input but someone's gotta someone's gotta do the work Somebody's and that's not an equal relationship what's the oldest what's the, the old what's a camel it's a horse designed by a committee right okay. that was from my business professor you mm -hmm. know however many years ago david now, i'm actually thinking just so you know i'm thinking about in my new work design putting um designers and product yeah I, I i could easily see that uh and and actually there's a whole conversation on, you know, the UX research skills they may have. Maybe, you know, there may be times better to have them doing the research than a product manager, but we can we can have a conversation at another call. David Meese, you're talking about uh, the equal thing doesn't work out and how John sort of was encapsulating a lot of that. I want to give you a chance to add to that and say, tell me where you would have voted. I would have voted for the equals. Yeah, because, and I think it's what Corey commented uh, in the chat. Um, it, balance might be a better word. Um, yeah. in contribution of your subject matter where you're the expert. 
right? Yeah. Because it's not equal. At the end of the day, if you're if things are running right, uh, <laughs> product makes the decision of the direction of the focus of the priority. Yeah, com completely and totally agree. Nils, where would you vote? Uh, so I don't remember if I voted or not, but um, I my take on the on the options is, I think in the trio per se, the roles and responsibilities are flexible meaning the trio doing things like design and discovery, right? Yeah. Um, do it when they do their actual work. Of course, they're, they're the boss of their actual work in the context of the trio. Our roles may be, may differ depending on the conversation we're having, whatever. So that's not like I, I, that's flexible. It's not, it doesn't have to be a certain way in my view, yep. a truly shared vision. I think we're building the vision in that trio. That's actually part of what we do. I mean, there may be a vision, a corporate vision that we all should share but we all have a different perspective on that's part of the reason there's three of us yeah or in, in the trio but in terms of the vision on this problem that we're looking at or even fi finding out if there is a problem that's yeah. something we're building so to me that's a you're building that in the trio but everyone having an equal or better as as david says balanced say and what's in in the outcome i think that's and balanced meaning you're bringing your expertise into it and you're not getting your toes stepped on very much and you're you're not stepping on their toes <laughs> right and you're providing the you know where everybody's providing their expertise and which is greater than the the where the the outcome is greater than the sum of the parts is yeah. the is the goal and so that's sort of where the equal or balancing comes in so i'd probably vote for the equal even though i'd reword it as balanced uh, so i i but a collaboration of balance doesn't work. I know. I'm just working with my my wording. <laughs> I, I I would say that you know the goal of the sorry if made just one quick. I think that the trio should your goal with the trio is that it should be like a mastermind in that original literal sense that um was in you know, you know um the Napoleon Napoleon Hill Hill book right which is this idea that there's there's a there's a mind that is superior to all the actual physical minds in the room that arises from the co collaboration, and if that's not happening, that's a problem. That I should be that. the outcome. I, I I love that positioning the trio as a mastermind. I think that's a great way to look at it. May you were going to say? I think I I want to <clears throat> be careful with the wording of stepping on toes because like. What we're talking about here is building a culture where we work together and we respect each other's strengths. Um, and I think it's not about stepping on each other's toes. It's about providing the view of the world from your view of the world, from your set of expertise, right? So when we say the word equal, it's that we are on equal standing when we talk to each other, not that we are equals in power. Um, yeah. And I think if we're talking about building towards a place where people talk to each other and work with each other, it's, it's, it's really about the culture, not about this is your job and this is mine. It's this, this is what we're trying to accomplish together because we are individuals and we work together and we're trying to accomplish the same goal, ideally. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's about bringing in your perspective and the more additional perspective we each have together, the better off we are to solve the problems we're trying to solve together. No, I, I love that. Steve, before we head to our, our closing, because uh, this conversation has gone amazingly, did you have one you would have voted for? 
Um, well, I, I'm really big on roles and responsibilities, largely because I've worked in so many environments where the job of product management is what everyone else doesn't want to do. Yeah. So getting really crisp on, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take the lead on this. Uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll provide, uh, you know, I can be consulted on this. I'd like to be informed of that. I mean, I, I think that is very healthy, uh, particularly when, there's so much blur going on and somebody says, well, you know, you need to, you need to do that because, you know, you're the product manager, aren't you? Which turns out to be this enormous list of things that product managers sh shouldn't be taking the lead on. No, I, I get it. And I, and I, I, I agree. And again, all of those answers are there because they, in my head could have been. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. we could have been there. Well, we, between the Monday conversation, the poll conversation, uh, gosh, we're already at time for the wrap up uh, in, you know, in our new format, we're looking at key takeaways. What is your biggest learning or takeaway from this conversation? Uh, and I'm going to start with Dom. We all have a lot of various, um, you know, feedback. And actually, I'm, I'm learning quite a bit because we're coming from different sizes of organizations. And I, I think the size of the organization will um, will direct a little bit the discussion that we've had today. Yeah, and I, I think I, we need to reflect a little bit from May's um, post. I think last week, uh, you know, depending on the size of the organization. I mean, that that that, that kind of is what I'm hearing today too. It depends, right? It always yeah. does in product management, Calvin. I would say it's just a reminder that each of us are bringing in varied experiences um, based on our own our own history. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, it's sort of where I, I'll get. I'm including some of that where I'm going. Paul, I think my biggest takeaway is that uh, instead of the circus, I should have gone with Animal Farm. Because uh, as soon as everyone <laughs> tries tries to be equal, you suddenly find out that divisional labor is a little bit uh, favoring one group or another, and eventually it turns into anarchy and things are on fire. So George Orwell is is your, your takeaway. <laughs> all right, John Gatrell. Um, I think we all want to be a pig, and um, I think it's you know Nils said something around uh, psychological safety. And when he put that in the chat, you know, that's really kind of my, my comment around culture. Everyone has to feel safe. And if they know what we're trying to accomplish, and to Calvin's point, they know their role. Uh, to David's point, uh, do they know their market? Then we don't need to be equals. We just need to be confident, comfortable, and feel like we're contributing. And I think on a day in and day out, a little bit of what Corey said, just working on the same stuff. Yeah. But I, but it all goes back to do folks feel safe? Yeah. Safe they can fail, safe they can contribute, and safe that learning through that failure makes everybody better. And I think May hit something too that, you know, retrospectives are something to learn, they're an investment. Yeah. And those require safety too. 
Well, and, and it goes back to even our, our, our product survival metrics conversation with Adam Thomas a, a month or so ago, where psychological safety is one of the key pillars to make uh, successfully uh, survive. So I love that. David Meese. A lot of what you said, John, I think it resonates so much. And it's, it's almost that these, <laughs> these different choices that we had to make, they actually, when you, when you talk about them all, you realize they all kind of point to one common thing. It's, you know, um, but for my, <laughs> I think it's that racy is uh, popular and uh, people like it. Uh, I think I, I, I assumed it was sort of, oh, okay, it's a necessary evil. And, uh, you know, we all understand it's complicated, but um, I, I see now there's people out there that um, actually find them, find them useful and welcome them. Again, we'll, we'll do a whole path on that and, and the different ways you can spell it and what it means. But I like rah-rah now too, John. Uh, Nils. I, I think uh, I'm going to echo a little bit John, what John said, which is that, you know, there's a lot of ingredients to the trio, a lot of different ways of applying it. And like, I always, there's, a you know, if you, if you, um, is it War and Peace where it starts out, no, it's Anna Karenina. Every happy family is alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Well, product is a little bit like that. Every successful product has, there's a set of things that a successful, that a company has done to make a product successful. And if you mess up on enough of those, your product will fail. Well, the trio is kind of the same way. There's a lot of things that go into having a trio be successful or whatever the organization is. And if you mess up on enough of those, the trio will fail. Now, maybe you don't have to get everything perfect, but you have to get a lot of the things working, you know, psychological safety, some sense of equality, some sense of, as May talks about, having the support from above, um, having everybody aligned with what you're trying to do, you know, having people not be assholes, you know, that's part of psychological safety as well, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're missing any of those things, it's likely to not come out well. So that's, that would sort of be my uh, summary. Uh, I do believe it's the first time ever in topic of the week that Anna Karenina has been referenced. And so it's one of my favorite uh, metaphors, man. Uh, bonus points to Nils for that. Corey. Uh, how much of our product management jobs are really just traveling ringmasters? <laughs> yeah, herding cats is, you know, was a common thing. It's that we a used cat to circus now, clowns? <laughs> yes. I'm confused. Yes, we're building it, <laughs> Corey, you and me. <laughs> All right. And uh, Steve had to leave uh, early, but uh, my good friend May, your take. I think I like to go back to something Dom said early on, um, which is people need to understand their, I, I think it's much less so saying what you're responsible for, but understanding and respecting what the other people are good at and what they're mm -hmm. responsible for as well. Mm -hmm. So I think building a culture where that's important um, to understand what, you know, who is the rest of your team? I think it's a pretty good start to everything that we talked about. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Uh, and for me, well, first I realized that no, but not everybody loves Ann, uh, Nanny McPhee as much as I do. So may I'll get you that reference so you can pick that up. I, I, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me, you know, yes, I love the clowns and circuses. And I think we actually may use that. I, I might want to use it in a couple of places, but 
uh, it was the mastermind. It was Nil's comment on how the trio really needs to be a mastermind. And I would suggest any team that we collaborate with, it doesn't just have to be this product trio of product design, product management, product development. Any place where we're working as a team and collaborating, if we do not make it a mastermind, we're failing that that team, we're failing that collaboration. And so Nils, thank you for bringing that idea into my head. Uh, and what a great conversation on, on the product trio and, and how we can make it work and where the challenges are. Uh, next week, we're gonna talk about understanding customer value. So. Monday, the question will come out on understanding customer value. And we do this every week. Monday, the question goes in. Wednesday, the poll. Friday, these amazing conversations. And I, I was talking with somebody earlier this week. I don't think every single episode, we're now over 100 episodes. Every single episode, I have learned something. I have changed my opinion on something. It has made me better. And so I appreciate everybody, every voice in the room. Somebody even asked, well, what if you just keep the same six people? I'm like, no, because I want fresh voices coming in. So David Meese, yeah, you know, you've been a great voice that's been added in the past few weeks. Thank you for that. Paul Hatala, great to have you back. Dom, Calvin, Corey, all of you guys. Nils, great to have you back. Gatrell, where have you been uh, in May? Running May? a production environment that's down too much. How's that sound? <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds like a plan. Well, thanks to everybody in the conversation. Thanks for everybody who answered in the community. We'll see you guys next week in the community. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. For more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.